everybody, and welcome back to the Searchers Podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and joining me as always, we have Mr. Kevin Chan. Hello, peeps. And Ziggy, aka Chris. Yo. <laughs> yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? As uh, everyone knows, if you listened to the last episode to the end, we have another guest on today's episode uh, from Letterboxd, Odie Arbuckle. What's Howdy. going on? Hey. Yeah, glad to have you on, man, and uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I just kind of wormed my way into the podcast with a mailbag. And then... hey, <laughs> hey, mailbags work. Uh, <laughs> if people want to be on, and they can make a case for it, but you made a good one. Yes. Just to get right into it, Odie, we've been messaging back and forth for a little bit, and you gave some picks for movies uh, with one theme for the pod, you know, lesser-known movies. And, yeah. Uh, so, what are we watching, or what did we watch for today's so, episode? So, um, what the biggest Korean movie in 1995? Um, Kim Young Bin's the uh, the terrorist, what has sort of just fallen by the wayside in terms of like when people talk about like Korean action blockbusters, and the reason for it is just because um, it's sort of got like a cursed cast and director, and it's sort of yeah, um, because of that. Uh, just sort of get over, get sort of overlooked, I think, because, but I think it's an interesting movie that um, more people need to check out. Yeah. So I don't think Kevin and Chris, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but none of us had heard of this before this movie, uh, before I already wanted to cover it, right? Not a, not at all. No. I think. No, no, I had not heard about it. And you, you type in terrorist in IMDb and Letterboxd, <laughs> and it's, probably like the 50th movie you have yeah. to scroll down yeah. to find it a litter box might be a little bit better with it's, how it's, obscure yeah. but i mean there's IMDb, um, you gotta yeah. dig yeah mm-hmm. well, there's like an indian movie of the same name that's probably the most famous yes. t- titled the terrorist yeah and that's, that's like 94 so that's kind of confusing <laughs> that's also that's also that probably that's also probably why it's just overlooked so uh, let's break that down you said the um, before we get into more details about the movie, the cast and the the director, yeah. what what's up? So the director, uh, what's what's like? Why is okay, he a, so, a bad guy? Yeah, uh, he got me too a couple of years ago, and um, so in the case of this movie, the uh, lead actress, um, there's a nude, well, there's a nude scene where um, they cut up, um, they cut off her bra off the knife, and that was not in the script. Basically, he took advantage, and she was not oh. supposed to be nude in that scene. And so, like the director, so she, she was supposed to just be in her bra, and that was it. And then the yeah, was it. Was just, and then they, they're like, "All right," he told the actor, "Like, all right, just use the knife and actually cut it or something." I yeah, so it was something like that. And then, but, but wow. that can't be the only reason he got like ousted. Oh no, he got ousted like twenty years later. Yeah, yeah. Basically, no one like the actress um, Yom Junga. Uh, basically, she was kind of traumatized by it and didn't do movie roles for a couple of years as a result because it wasn't um, that wasn't scripted. Yeah, wow. and, it, and it was the 90s and that. she's early 20s. So, they, you know, yeah. you know how her oh, directors goodness. used to take her uh, take advantage of girls. But yeah, and she was um, it was also a big deal at the time because she was Miss Korea in 92, I think, or 93. Okay. So okay. it was something like that of like that like high stature uh, being nude wasn't was sort of a big deal at the time in Korea. So her reputation faltered yeah. immediately right after that. Yeah. It wasn't her fault. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, that's like kind of a thing. I, I mean, with just Asian cinema in general, like nudity is kind of a big deal in Asian cinema. Like they don't like doing it, or not at that point, like sixties, seventies, eighties. You didn't really see it much. So, uh, at least that's my yeah, experience. Yeah, Korea from Korea is a little more conservative in that regard. But I mean, yeah, there's still there was more nudity from like the eighties onwards, but definitely like. Um, Pre-80s, I don't think there was much. Yeah. And so the genre talk like we have in the past, you could coordinate it, at least in Japan, I think, you could coordinate it with like Pinku films. Yeah. I was going to say the same. Yeah, which basically just brings you right into porn or softcore. But obviously, if you were to branch it out that way and map it out for genres, you would be able to dissect it better. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Korea for sure more conservative compared to Japan and China. Mm-hmm. And the, the main actor, uh, Choi, what's his name? Choi, uh, Min-su. Oh, so Min-su. in Korean. So we always write it as Choi in English, but it's, it's closer to like Che. Okay. Oh, interesting. Cause okay. Korean, it's very hard to sort of just map onto like, um, the Roman alphabet. So like, you'll see that with like names, like there's not a consistent spelling for a lot of names. Because people just do whatever. Yeah, the the romanization for these, <laughs> they all have like three or four, or, or like, you know, Chinese has like 18 yeah. different ways to spell their names, and you're like, what? <laughs> but yeah, so what's what's his deal? Why is he a, like, a bad apple? He keeps getting, like, like every few years, he he hits someone or gets in like a trap road raid incident. So he sounds like a uh, Korean version of like jimmy wang you or something <laughs> yeah um i was talking to a korean friend actually about uh chae min su and she de- like was defending at like saying like defending him saying you know it's all rumors um because he also has a uh reputation as being like a big wife guy just like gushing about how much he loves his wife as well so he he's a character um but basically just he had enough like he had a like a bunch of scandals of like he he did like an assistant director and he got like multiple road rage incidents and sort of um didn't help his career very much not to interrupt you odie but uh so you're saying that about che min su because i I, 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 um, I feel feel like i read the the exact same incidents happened to lee uh young who plays his younger brother I'm not uh, sure. That, I that's the younger the brother. That's the, the younger brother. brother's yeah. Chae Min-su. Yeah. Um, really? The one, yeah. And the older brother is uh, Lee, Lee Kyung-young. Huh. And so Lee Kyung-young, oh, okay. his scandal that. was that he got involved with a 17-year-old uh, prostitute. Oh, boy. And All right. So he's, but he still has a steady <laughs> career. It's, it's, it's adding up while, people, while, while they're... Uh... They're hiding this movie for a reason, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or or and, any of these movies. In other words, all of these people are reputational terrorists. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Shay has like the best reputation, but his career well, I guess the director has the worst career out of all of them because out of all of them. What happened, um I mean, he didn't suffer from anything from this movie, but uh he made two more big movies after this. And the second one from 1997 called um, Firebird mm-hmm. um, 
was a big, big uh, flop that basically helped destroy um, Daewoo's, the conglomerate Daewoo's uh, film production um, arm. Okay. Yeah. Is that a a guy or is that a, a production company? Oh, sorry. Um, Daewoo's the name, a uh, big Korean conglomerate. Okay. And so. Okay. Yeah. So this is to... basically just showing that how much none of us know about Korean cinema. So <laughs> okay, again, sorry, a great yeah. a great pick. Yeah. No, you're good. No, this is great. Yeah. I guess yeah. This sort of ties into the state of the Korean um, cinema in the '90s was that all of the um, the big uh, corporations decided that um, there was money to be made in um, film production. Um, I think it was around like '94. It was like some sort of industry conference where I think executive from Hyundai looked at Jurassic Park and realized Jurassic Park made more money than like all of Hyundai's auto exports in one year. We should we should get on like making movies. So was, they were just um, throwing a lot of money in the 90s. And then, um, so all, so you had like Daewoo, Samsung, and um, Hyundai all had like um, basically like movie production arms and they were like throwing money into it. But then around 1997, there was a big East Asian financial crisis and that basically wrecked the Korean economy. And so it's like a very clean break in terms of uh, when we sort of get the Korean wave, which is all the big uh, corporations lost their film production arms, but there was still like all the infrastructure they built up. So a lot of like smaller companies and like venture capital sort of just got in on that. And that's how we started getting um, just a very different set of movies after like 1998 and 99. And that's how, that's where like Bong Joon-ho and, and uh, those people start to come in. Interesting. That's where that whole new wave of Korean filmmakers uh, found their Basically, way in. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, all the big corporations like like finance like film um, film festivals and stuff, and then everything just sort of like came together at the right time. And uh, the I guess just like the big corporations breaking up was actually a good thing in the end because you got a lot of like more I guess diversity after um, mm -hmm. after nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. So is that like is there also a clear a, a clear, I guess, difference from when that maybe at 97 or whenever early 2000s. But I know my brother has a few Korean friends and like their Korean parents that immigrated to the U.S. are like huge yeah. into South Korean TV, like TV television oh, huge there. Yeah. TV. Yeah. So hey, dramas. This um, the reason why this is a big movie as well is um, Jamie and Sue had um a big role on the um there was a korean drama called sandglass from 19 also the same year 1995 and that was probably the the um biggest tv like drama korea um at the time that's what started off the whole um like k-drama boom yeah maybe not overseas wow. but in korea that's that's so 1995, like, Che was the biggest, um, like, star in Korea, both movie and... Movie and TV. Uh, TV, yeah. So you're saying wow. that this movie is, like, kind of the catalyst for all the economic, or movie and TV production boom after that. It's one It's I mean, one I'm, of the... One of these... It's yeah, one of the... I mean, um, one, of one of the catalysts. But basically, uh, the big movie was uh, Sweetie from 1999. That's the one that's sort of you can like point to that as the start of like the Korean wave. Like there was a lot of, there was a few like big movies in the nineties, but 1999 was really when you could say that it started. Yeah. Okay. 
So that's like the context of this movie. And while I, why none of the people listening to this podcast, if they're <laughs> listen, if they're uh, constant listeners, definitely haven't seen it either. Cause I don't think this movie is really available anywhere. We no. we're lucky enough yeah. to get, get it from Odie, which. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah, there, there. It's on is, YouTube. It, is it the same oh. quality or is it like yeah, a, it's, it's a good quality? It's a 1080p quality on YouTube. All right, perfect. Uh, I'll link that in the episode. So our, yeah. our second uh, Asian deep cut after Love Massacre. Yeah, I think we're just. I we're mean, an eight... this came out on DVD <laughs> in Taiwan because my old copy of it was um, it was a, like... a copy of a bootleg. Actually, I copy found my copy. Yeah, so it's like a, C- <laughs> oh, a DVD a bootleg of a bootleg. Ah, yeah. Okay. It was like a bootleg of the Taiwanese retail release. Bootleg that sound. I like copied from a I had a friend who would had a bunch of bootlegs and then I copied that to like a DVDR. So I tried wow. I wanted to compare <laughs> the subtitles, but it was like I couldn't get it to run on my computers. Oh. I didn't I didn't make a good rip of it, unfortunately. There are a lot of subtitle inconsistencies yeah. in this, but <laughs> oh I mean, yeah, the subtitles can, aren't you can make you can make out what's what's being said it's just it's funny what what they yeah. whoever translated it, it's funny how it it must have been like a machine like from just from like whoever did a google translate or something like that and just kept it i don't think it, i think <laughs> it was it might be the subtitles from the korean dvd because the okay. korean dvd had okay. has subs apparently i think english subs or just korean? english subs apparently okay. I, I i need to I, I mean i'm not gonna buy a movie like just to look at the subtitles <laughs> yeah i mean you're uh <laughs> Is it that, is it that good? <laughs> is this movie that good? Does it just justify that? Who knows? But uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let's get into into what it's about. I mean, do you want to, Odie? Do you want to be the one to do that, or you want us to do our our normal thing and get into it? Because I can I can make uh, Kevin put him under pressure and just make him. Oh it. my gosh, it's always me, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I already know you wrote up. You probably wrote up like a ten page review. Not and, a ten page uh, review. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got a paragraph oh, okay, written up. You got the synopsis. Yeah. Go, Kevin. Go, Kevin. Go. You want me to do it? Okay. I'll read what I wrote, which I did. I had a feeling. I should have had a feeling that I would be reading it today. But okay. Well, so again, folks, we're covering uh, the terrorist. So here's how the story goes. After the death of their father, two young brothers, Sahun, the younger brother played by uh, Che, right? Odie? Che Che Minsu. And Su Young, the, the uh, older brother, played by Lee Young Young. Lee Young Young. Probably butchering all these Asian names, but anyway. No worries, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so they're two young brothers who grow up, and they aspire to become policemen. They, li- they live by a creed left by their father, who apparently is uh, has died. We don't know how, but, you know, they're fending off for themselves, basically, in the, in the streets of Seoul. Eventually, the older brother... Uh, is successful. He becomes a policeman for for Seoul, and eventually rises up to the level of inspector. Meanwhile, his younger brother uh, Sahyun is in the police academy, seeking to become a policeman himself, and he wishes to be a a good a policeman, just as good as his, if not even better than his older brother. So he gets his his dream comes true. He becomes a rookie cop, but during his first operation out on the streets he gets into an unfortunate mishap with some gangsters which then leads to him losing his job and being imprisoned behind bars for three years meanwhile his older brother still maintains his job as a justified law enforcer 
So one thing leads to another, and you know, you're just wondering, is this the end for Sahyun, the younger brother? Is this how it's supposed to end for him? When, you know, his dream came true, but it's an immediate end before we know it. It just can't happen this way, right? So what will he do? What will his older brother do? Will his older brother adhere to his duties as a policeman or, you know, join his brother as a lawbreaker or a vigilante and let go of all inhibitions? And that's as concise as I can make this this plot. It's, it's two brothers who basically go their separate ways. One becomes a lawbreaker, one maintains his job as a law enforcer. And yeah, it's a really interesting story. And... Um, you know, I just want to say, going back to what uh, what what you guys said about the uh, really, you know, sketchy subtitles uh, of this one. I mean, despite the fact that the subtitles of this movie were pretty rough, there is a line that stuck with me. And I hope that it's the correct translation of that line, because I love this line a lot. And it's, it's when Sahyun says, law is far away fist close at hand maybe oh. it's not a it's not a perfect translation maybe but it's a great line i'm like oh, oh that's, okay <laughs> i have that i wrote i wrote that down in my notes too actually. did you really yeah oh uh, so okay, in well. korean yeah um sorry was it it's so yeah that's um a very literal translation is law, law, law is close, or law is far and the fist is, is close. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty close. It's, it's pretty close. Yeah. But um, that's one thing that I, um, that I really like because it's, that's the engaging part of uh, the terrorist's theme is that the theme doesn't really lie in, you know, the road to chase a dream or to chase an aspiration, but it, it lies in realizing the consequences of following a naive mindset. And that's what I attained from, uh, from the story because the younger brother, yeah, you know, both, both brothers long to become policemen, but one doesn't exactly see the reality of life ahead of him. And it's like, he's following a dream, but he doesn't realize, Oh, this is a lot more complicated than I thought. I'm not just some, I'm not I'm not a hero chasing a bunch of thugs on the street. I'm a hero, but I don't know exactly what I'm getting into. The kind of complicated and evil life ahead of me. And that blows up right in my face. And it's just a really interesting story. I mean, Odie, like how did you well we briefly talked about it, but like yeah. how, how did you come across this this movie uh, for one thing? Um I guess the, I had um a friend with a lot of Asian bootlegs and I just asked him for some Korean movies and um I I always just like the um 90s cinema in general and so I was just sort of curious about uh 90s Korean and I, I like action movies like Hong Kong of the same era so mm -hmm. it's like I want to find it sort of like the like Korean equivalents of the like Hong Kong movies I liked oh and um yeah, I just ended up. I have a like a bunch of other uh, like '90s Korean action movies, but this was just one that mm. uh, stuck with me. Interesting. So yeah, it's, then... it's, it's funny that you bring up Hong Kong because I'm getting like a lot of John Woo <laughs> vibes with this movie, like That's kind of like a Better that. Tomorrow, a little bit like that, like just with the brothers and how they're both. See, what I like about this is that 
Be, sorry, uh, I'm going to ramble on Korean action movies, but from okay. the 80s, <laughs> uh, like from the 70s, basically Korean action was just completely copying Hong Kong to the point where um, a lot of the fake Bruce Lee movies from the 70s were uh, Korean Bruce movies. Bruce yeah, yeah they, a, a lot of Korean actors who were uh, like Bruce Lee, Bruce Lai, Bruce, whatever, just being like these like, little clones <laughs> of Bruce, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee with one E or what? Yeah. Ja- um, Jackie, Jackie Chan, actually, I got to say this. Jackie Chan makes fun of that in multiple interviews where like during the time where he was like slated to become like the next action star in Hong Kong. And then he was saying that they they made these multiple copies of Bruce Lee and he was like Bruce Bruce table Bruce chair <laughs> he was just like going on and on about that it was so funny but anyways yeah yeah so even to the point where um there was like one movie from the 80s i was looking at korean reviews of it and the koreans didn't even like they thought it was in hong kong we didn't even know it was a a like a korean production because it's you know like kung fu movies yeah. um and not not like uh taekwondo and so like with here it feels like uh, like in the '90s, when they sort of started to do more like Taekwondo-based uh, fighting movies, it's sort of like it's got like one foot in Hong Kong, but it's like you start to see the Koreanness like gradually working itself in, and that's sort of what I like about this is like you've got like one foot in the Hong Kong action cinema, and then it's um, you're adding in like a more like grounded and I guess like hard-hitting like Taekwondo style. Um, in this case yeah like it's finding its own identity in the the landscape of cinema where hong kong has its own sort of like action style kung fu where this one yeah i noticed that i mean like this was heavily into taekwondo very much so is Uh, chayman sued like does he know taekwondo or is that a double oh so i was just about to bring this up Uh, i think he might do some of the stunts but his main the main guy um who was what's his name there's a big uh, Korean action choreographer. Uh, it's not Huang Jang Lee, is it? N- no, it's um, mm. Jung Du Hong. Uh, Jung Du Hong. Um, not like bringing any bells for me. There's a movie called The City of Violence where, um, from 2006, where he was co-star, I think. But he was um, he was a big martial arts. He's a big martial arts, I and mean, even now he's a big martial arts choreographer and um, actor. And so he he um I think he's doing uh, a lot of Chamin Sue stunts and he did the fights for this and this was a big like early work of his. Okay. And Interesting. Um, Yeah, I mean that's definitely like the Korean part of it for me and well the, the one little bit about like going to a dog farm and realizing the dog farms for food and I'm like oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that's finally so I love that. <laughs> uh but yeah like I'm, I'm getting a little bit of the hong kong i'm getting like uh with the the constant like sax soundtrack and like neon yep. lights and rain i'm like michael mann heavily influenced it feels like a little yeah. you know at least a little bit to me uh very but, moody and broody yeah i like i like player. the um the mix mash of this of you know obviously you get the um with the story and how the the younger brother is the vigilante he's kind of like uh a charles bronson but he's also like clint eastwood a little bit with like dirty oh. harry so it's just so much so many influences coming together and just it's still its own thing though which i really liked yeah it's to carry on with your distinction here for the korean cinema 
I was just talking to my mother-in-law yesterday about this. She's heavily into Korean stuff right now. And she was trying to figure out why. And she was basically saying that compared to Japanese and Chinese and Hong Kong cinema, she finds it to just the language, the comedy, the romance. She sees different variations of all of those things that those that Japan and China don't have. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is it's almost like a dialect of a language. So when you have a language, say Portuguese or whatever, you have different branches of that that can sound uh, more rigid or it can sound more fluid. And Korean to her was more, I think the right word to describe the whole thing is she sees it more uh, romantic overall. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, that's, uh, sorry. I don't want to use the word vibe because I know you guys hate the word vibe. Listen to the recent it. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that's accurate, but that's like the eye test from someone who doesn't my mother-in-law watches a lot of movies and tv shows shout out to cynthia i don't know if she actually listens but rothrock um (laughs) (laughs) so um i just had to bring that up because it was a relevant conversation and it was something that i had been thinking about since watching this movie because when i had that conversation with her i was thinking about while watching it i was conscious of okay how is the fighting different how is the actual dialogue different? Are the scene transitions different from what I've seen in Hong Kong recently? And trying to make that aware comparison in my head, like how is it different? And it was a good exercise. I, I think even though this takes influences from other obvious influences from Hong Kong, it's it's still very much its own thing, like all three of you have said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to build off of what you're saying with the Hong Kong differences, I think one of the biggest like jarring things for me is the editing and blocking in this is definitely poorer. It's yeah. not as good, um, and that's just. I mean, like, Do you I don't have know the it, uh, infrastructure for it, like. Yeah, well, they just I don't know if they had the experience either from just a filmmaker's per, filmmaker's perspective. But thank yeah. you for mentioning that. Yeah. It's it it's most obvious during that foot chase. Yeah, when the the Bigfoot chase when that happens. Yeah, at the end, towards the, the end, the yeah. camera is very. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's Jason of, Jason Borney. Jason Borney. Yeah. Like not to that, not to that degree. Not to that degree. I hate that. I hate Jason. Hate it for that. But anyway, yeah, you know, not to that degree. But I mean, yeah, it's like it was more. It's more so that not so much shaky to me. It was yeah. more placement of the camera. Where yeah, they just like. They just decided where the easiest, the path of least resistance, where the where the, where the camera cart went, and that's just all, all the direction that, that they did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah. it was still a good scene, but it wasn't up to par. It's um, not. Right. It's not on the level of like Hong Kong. Yeah, right. And right. To, to make the another connection, I'm not sure if this is at all a connection or, or just in my brain, but during the dog farm hand to hand combat, there's a lot of like. To me, it's Sammo hung powder. Just like every single hit, there's all these clouds of like pumps coming <laughs> off guys. I'm like, that's just so Sammo that's hung. Definitely a Hong Kong influence. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say though. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think Ben can agree with this too because I mean, we talk about we we love a Hong Kong action uh, cinema a lot, um, as you guys as you would know, Odie. Yeah, but I mean, just to go off on on 
the cinematography aspect. It's just like, okay, see, the choreography is quite the Taekwondo choreography is quite good. My gripe is that the camera is most often very close quarters and claustrophobic. It's not letting the choreography breathe. It's not having like these crazy cuts and edits like they do in Paul Greengrass's freaking Bourne franchise with like he, he, like a punch comes from like one angle and the next shot it's like where did that come from? But anyway, um, yeah, the, the camera is so close to the actors that you you can see the punches and the kicks, but you can't exactly see them as perfectly as you want them to. Like take for example, uh, you look at Jackie Chan's uh, fight choreography. The camera is always from a distance but at the right distance where you're kind of immersed into it but you can see everything happening you can you can you can admire the choreography whereas here it's just like okay it, it's too close i can't really see anything except for some certain wide angles but then again it's like maybe maybe a jackie chan style um you know camera placement wouldn't work for something like this movie like i mean like the, this movie is very bleak it's very somber so yeah. to include something like that might not even be fitting for uh for the terrorist kevin do yeah. you remember the problem that you had with love massacre what? trying to differentiate the cast members yes from each other <laughs> yes yes oh, the I problem that you're that. describing here is sort of like that problem yeah it, it, it sort it, of like it, that it problem. magnifies a little bit yeah um yeah i could relate to you yeah at, at least for this film uh-huh yes i get it god you bunch <laughs> bunch of racists what do you, they all look alike or something they all look alike <laughs> they truly did look alike <laughs> no i mean i i didn't have a problem with that surprisingly i was like glued to this thing the whole time and i just focused really deeply on this movie just i mean not i don't know if it's because i was i knew i was recording it on the podcast you know recording a discussion about mm -hmm. it on the podcast but for whatever reason I, I was in and the only character that really confused me like for just a second was um i'm gonna butcher butcher his name um oisu yun is that the character's name the the younger cop oh uh chayman yeah, Ch Ch sue is the actor yeah. but his friend so after, you, so after, yeah. oh, after he got friend. out of jail after he got uh, out of jail, I'm like, wait, who is that guy and where the yes. heck did he come from yeah he was in the courtroom yeah. before yeah so like the yeah like up front there's like five minutes of like a black and white flashback and like five conversations of all expository dialogue and i'm just like what is happening there's so much but they just go right you get right into like all right all right there's a lot of corruption there's gangsters like they just want to get you right in and they give you like no well they don't give you any time to think about the background of the characters they just like here here it all is and that's why i just missed that guy but other than that i i thought they differentiated pretty well i just I do think like the blocking in a lot of the scenes, not even the action scenes, but a blocking in a lot of the scenes, it's just like really bizarre camera angles of like the backs of people's heads where they they didn't need to really even be in the shot because they're showing the other actor's face and reactions to a conversation. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think the the one thing that detracts from me, like on top of everything else, is the just the direction, like just like the sh shot choices were lacking for me. Mm hmm. I can agree with that. But a lot of them that, were good. Like half of them were good, maybe, let's just say. Right. That and I yeah. just felt that maybe I kind of wanted more time because, okay, the movie begins with uh, Sahyun at the police academy and he's finishing up his training right before he joins the 
the, the police force. But then it cuts to that pretty beautifully shot uh, black and white flashback sequence with the two brothers when they were really young. And I felt that I kind of wanted more of that because I felt like that would establish a bit more of the relationship moving forward. I mean, it gives it to you in a very concise um, manner, but I I just felt like it. I felt like the story would have been stronger if we saw more of them in yeah. the flashback sequence. Because there's never like one point where they have like a like heart to heart like after like after prison. Uh, right. Sahyun just keeps avoiding, like, like, uh, because his friend gets the pager and he just keeps avoiding his brother. And there's never like spoken as to why. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. Um, you don't get why he's like. Does he feel ashamed? Or... Yeah, why is he ignoring? That's what it, to me. Yeah. It felt like cult, a cultural like shaming of like, oh well, now I can't be as good as you because I can't be a cop because I'm a criminal now. Like I got, I went to prison. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like to me, oh. but I mean, I don't know. To, it, to it, was, me it felt, yeah, go on, Ben. I was just I gonna say it was kind of weird when when he's getting out of prison and his brother's like late. He's like not, <laughs> he's like not really there. It's like you would have known your brother. You're you're a cop. You would have known your brother's getting out of prison. You would have been there on time. It was that. Right. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it was sloppily done. Their 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 relationship was was portrayed well sometimes but really bad like poorly other times yeah yeah exactly like the motivations didn't add up to me i didn't think I, I didn't feel the whole you know the cultural difference as you said ben but i felt that just sahun basically as what internet what they say is like he swallowed a tough black pill kind of realizing that oh this is not what i what i signed up for and nothing really matters anymore it's almost like he's not really angry at at uh, those who put him in jail, which are the which is organized crime, but he's also angry at the law itself because they pretty much they put him in jail when he was actually trying to do the right thing, and he actually did the right thing, which was defend himself. So he's not really. I'm not sure if he's specifically just angry at his brother or like jealous of his brother, but he's just angry at everything around him at that point that he just doesn't care anymore. The only thing that, again, going back to the line, law is far away if it's close at hand, the only satisfying thing that he can gain from life is to fight those who wronged him. And he just doesn't care about anything else anymore. So, yeah, that was what I got. And going back to the whole Clint Eastwood and Charles Bronson thing, from the get-go, I think I kind of got the got a James Dean vibe from uh chain huh. sue the whole time and then and then in like the next shot when he's staying with his friend after he gets out of prison you see a poster of james dean on the wall like oh okay i think they're trying to make that connection right there he's rebel very james dean yeah rebel of, exactly yeah, yeah rebel without a cause so i thought yeah. that was actually pretty well, cool i i said the the bronson thing like i'm thinking death wish kind of but the clint eastwood is more like dirty harry like the bureaucracy is not there to help you you yeah. you are on your own mm-hmm. that's what that's that's the connection. I like that. And then the Michael Mann thing's kind of like a little bit of thief look, but like the feeling of heat. That's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very sexy. It's it's a very but, Korean cinema. It's very yeah. yeah but I, I think the the cultural context is kind of what we need here. And uh, Odie and I were talking before the podcast. I think you can like Odie. I think you can kind of give us a little bit of context here with like yeah. why being a vigilante would have been really like as an audience member in the nineties, you'd be like, hell yeah. I want to see this guy take down the gangs and stuff. This was sort of at a time where um, they were trying to clean up the police. Cause Korea had been a dictatorship 
up until around like 1988 and that so democracy had only really been a i mean like they had um democracy then they got overthrown um in like the 60s but um they had only been a democracy for a few, few years at that point and so at the same time that they're trying to like clean up the police um the korean economy has been doing well and like become internationalized and that's actually well crime was going up as sort of just like it was easier for like korean the like korean mob to um expand overseas and like bring in drugs and stuff mm-hmm. which feels like a mirror like, upon what happened in post-war japan after world war ii like the yeah. gangs the gangs getting really big in like the 50s it's like the same kind of thing but just at a different location in time and with like less censorship as well, um, like Korean gangster movies are start to take off in the nineties. So this is sort of, I guess, a time where, um, I mean, even if the crime rate is still lower in like in the U.S., people were sort of perceiving crime is up in Korea. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that makes sense then. Like, you have these two characters where you can kind of sympathize with both. But who's, you know, you know, the brother on the side of the law and the brother on the, the not side of the law, they're both trying to, they have the same kind of goal. They just, yeah. they're achieving it in two different, extremely different ways. Huge right. political zeitgeist. Yeah. And um, so basically the, the criminal enterprise is, um, you go like, basically you have a like legitimate front of like, you have like a corporation and then it's basically you have your thugs that are, um, go and sort of just extort other businesses or tell them, you know, like bankrupt them, like keep them from operating and then you buy them out. That was a thing that was definitely going on in Korea. That, so that's a very like real phenomenon that I think audiences would have, uh, they would have been sympathizing with. And, and that, and that's, I think in the beginning, that's kind of what's happening when the, the younger brother, um, Choi, Chaemin Su's character is going with his new partner to like, some factory and they're getting shook down by this big gang. That's, that's, that's how, what's going on. That's how he gets yeah. caught up with it. And, and the, I, I don't know, again, the actors for Korean cinema, like I know none of them by name, um, but the main bad guy, who's like that, the mogul, who's like the head of all the gangs, he's like in the background throughout the entire first act of the movie. But then you realize he's the main bad guy and it's the business front. Who's like in control yeah. of, all the underlings doing bad things and exploiting the there's a there's also a bit about exploiting the the news media and that's what we were talking about with the the young act, actress um what mm-hmm. yum jung ya is that how is it yum jung yum jung yeah yeah uh-huh. was she was she she's the one who gets exploited and they like have yeah. a nude photo of her to like keep her quiet um but they yeah they're just going out and exploiting all these people and you you'd want the cops to kind of go after them, but the cops can't cause they're not getting helped. And so that's why come, uh, Chaiman Sue's like X. I'm going to do it myself. X cop, yeah. X prisoner. Yeah. He's just like, all right, I have nothing to lose. Right. I swear. He's so cool. Like every shot that he's in, even, even if the shot's not that great, but he's just so cool. <laughs> like the way he gets out of a car, the way he walks into a scene. I don't know. It's like, wow, that that's, that's just it's it's just cool to look at. Like I thought they captured it pretty brilliantly, um, kind of mirroring the the whole James Dean sort of vibe. His haircut kind of looks like him in the beginning, but then he in like the beginning, yeah. Then he like lets it down and he, goes like yeah. with that straight hair down look. Um, that character change. And he wears he's the hat like, too. Yeah, yeah. 
and the gla- and the like fake glasses, fake glasses. It's like, oh, you don't recognize like who I am. Glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I do I love- like that. There's like a Clark Kent thing at the Japanese restaurant. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. clearly your brother. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I know I, I was laughing at that scene. It's like, dude, you do realize that's <laughs> Yeah, that's and, and who's that guy with the the terrible white contact eye? Like Oh, he is eyed. a big actor, actually. Yeah, the, like the, he was, the um, second in command of the gangsters. Like his his white contact was so bad. <laughs> like it was like that's supposed to be like his face <laughs> his eyes bad, but it's just like you can just tell yeah. it's a contact lens. It was funny. Cataract check. Uh, what is? Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at my notes. It's either Lee Ki Young, Yu Yu Oh Sung, Duk Yo Young Jay. I don't. It's it's got to be one of those guys. I would assume. Uh, it's Yu Oh Sung, Yu Oh Sung. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was in um. He's in some uh, two movies I love from Korea, which is 1999's uh, Attack the Gas Station and Friend from 2001, and he's he's a big like one of the leads in both of those. And he's he's a fairly famous actor. This is one of his first roles. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to get into it. like I'm gonna have to talk to you offline and get some more Korean cinema recommendations. Are you, uh, I'll open up the Arbuckle Vault. There's there a lot. Yeah. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of um. I'll be your Korean Garfield. movies. I have. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why I did the name is I want something distinct and anonymous, but like totally anonymous. There you go. Yeah. You Google Odie Arbuckle. You're never gonna find. Well, they're gonna find you now after this episode post. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so on, in in terms of like the gangster movies of Korea, the only one I've seen is from 2012. Um, Yoon Jong Bin's uh, Nameless Gangster. I'm assuming you might have heard of that or seen it. I've it's heard that. Tubi. It's on Tubi, Chris. And I and I like I, I like that a lot. But <laughs> again, I, there's just like these cultural things as, as being an American. Like we know a lot. A, a decent amount of history and context for Europe. But when it comes to like Asia, we know like, Oh, North Korea is bad. China were a bunch of commies for a while. And Japan tried to kill us one time, but now they're our allies. Like that's all we know. So like, we don't know anything about South Korea's like actual day to day living. We just know that they're an ally and that the guys up North, North of them are trying to kill them. Unless you live over there or have a Korean family member or, or you're Korean and your parents have immigrated from, there to hear like you don't really know anything i i mean chris and kevin please argue with me if i'm wrong but like isn't that kind of you guys how you guys feel too you're like i don't know anything I, about korea like i think that's the general aspect of it yeah. or, or uh, unless you're or, a you know. american um either i guess in, yeah in the army you could get stationed over there and be oh there for well it, yeah see, it'd, it. it'd be different yeah exactly yeah my grandfather served in the korean war and yeah. uh, i don't really know much about it either all to say that I think 70s and 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s Korean cinema is basically non-existent. Although I did see, I did see a 60s Korean film. The Housemaid. No, I saw it? Aimless, I saw Aimless Bullet. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was like that's like right after the war. Um, so wow. that was super interesting, and I don't think I have seen anything from Korea in, in the 70s or 80s. Uh, those are probably the two weakest decades for Korean movies because that's when censorship started was strongest. Yeah, yeah. Um, the sixties was actually a pretty good decade for Korean movies. Okay. Um, and then it's the industry went for a lot of trouble in the seventies and eighties. Anything in the fifties, or did it start in the sixties? 
Uh, 50s. Yeah, there were movies in the 50s. Even um, because Korea was um, even like the 40s and before. Um, okay. Because Korea was a part was annexed by Japan, and there's okay. a lot of like Japanese like propaganda movies. Well, uh, Japan was a lot of them heavily, lost. And Japan yeah. was heavily involved with silent film too, so Korea goes back that far. Mm. Yeah, like a lot of it. Um, we basically started with the Japanese like colonial regime was like okay. making like propaganda to like obey Japan. I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the only movie besides. Well, yeah, the only movie from like the fifties that I know in relation to Korea is a Korean war movie called Pork Chop Hill with Gregory Peck, and that's like I think fifty eight or nine. But like other than that, like unless it's a Korean war movie that's American made, like I have no cultural context for this yeah. stuff. So I'd love I'm to get saying. more into it. Like, um, yeah, Odie, you're gonna have to hook us up. <laughs> memories of I'll, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I feel can, like everyone. I can send you guys a list of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like everyone just starts with memories of a murder or like Parasite. And Parasite. Like, oh, I really like. I know, like I, know I know they're like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest movie ever. Yeah, uh, I, 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 well, I like Parasite, but like, there's the <laughs> on Letterbox, there's all the gushing about it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like it's it's a good movie, but from Bong, I like Par- um, memories of murder are the host more. Yeah, I, I seen the host a long time ago. That was like the one Korean movie that I was familiar with before Parasite came out. Um, but Memories of a Murder gets a lot of accolades. Like I, I hear nothing but good things about it. Yeah, I, yeah, like, I, um, I, that's... I have it on. That was my first Korean movie. I think like, it, I know, it's worth I'll, it. it it's either yeah, I have it on. I have yeah. the Criterion Blu-ray, the but Criterion. it's. I haven't watched it. I just bought it on sale and it's been sitting oh, on my shelf well. for five years. <laughs> but I, I watched that movie. This is one of those movies from the like the library that I watched that I, I guess uh, Bong Joon-ho, he's yeah. just like, oh, his five movies, uh, that and The Host and Parasite. Well, not Parasite at that time, but those two and a couple others were probably stocked by libraries because they were uh, cinephiles, you know, probably asked for them to be bought by the library. But that was my first one. And then... I liked it at the time. Uh, I, I think I gave it a seven or eight out of ten. But a lot of people get like five star that movie because I, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna go there, but like, typically you, you, <laughs> I call, think, you called Bong Joon the whole like a dirty commie on an earlier episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of is, but <laughs> um, but I think the terrorist is a better place to start. Uh, and yeah. Memories of a Murder, I still think is good, but Parasite good when i first saw it but now when you when i think about it now i'm like eh, but me too i thought it was good the first time i saw it i haven't seen it in a while well, let's let's not talk about that dang movie because everybody's we, talked about it but yeah get it the, the terrorist <laughs> one last thing to say about parasite that the better class conflict movie from korea is burning by lee chang dong i've seen i've that. seen that one yeah. yeah people are torn on that too yeah. but i mean Perf- a lot of, most, most people like it 10 out of 10 yeah but, 10 out of 10 yeah, for you that movie is like actually disturbing yeah, leaves you Chris, with a lot of Chris, Chris would ten out of ten that or half star it. Like that's the only two options. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, yeah. I think you would like Nothing it. Actually, between. I, I think you, I think you would like it. Uh, it's definitely like I could see Chris liking a thinking burning, movie. Burning. But yeah, what was I going to say? Yeah, no, the the gangster, the the gangster. What do you even call that? They had like a legal private um modeling show or something like a, a fashion show 
at the end of the movie, at the end yeah. of the terrorist. Like, is that actually a thing where like a company's like, all right, we're gonna have this fashion show, but it's gonna be like completely closed off to the the press, and we're not gonna allow any cops there. Like that, the finale was like I, I another. Little, was another. I think like, that's just a contrivance, but I, I don't know. Yeah, that was a crazy part of the movie where it's like, all right, we're gonna have this guy fight eighty dudes, and no one else is gonna be able to show up forever. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I'm sorry, I, I'm jumping around. Uh, but I just think, have we done this movie justice? I I, I want to hear more from Chris. I feel like Chris has some more. Chris has been quiet. Chris has been quiet because we've been talking. <laughs> I enjoy hearing what you all have to say about it. I probably have the least to bring to the table about Korean cinema. Um, something I liked were the shots of the exterior shots of the stairs when it would just be like two people or one person sitting on the stairs. And oh, the, the, the big stair the big like, stairs the big yeah. stairs outside yes and yeah, it yeah, yeah. happened mul- that happened multiple times it was like a meeting spot um i don't know if it was outside a certain building yeah i don't but know either but i know what you're talking about i really liked that and it sort of really fits the idea of when you have the two brothers taking different paths you can go up or down um so like visually i think that was a really neat idea whether whether they really did it enough is a different story and the other thing I really liked is actual, and this is regarding the exterior shots, actual, you can see their breath. I don't know. Something about that is very, it, it's, it's very. Atmospheric. Yeah. Very, I, just, very I like it. Did it, like did it. it. It's a small did thing. It, did it evoke 12 year old you being like, oh, look, I have a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> like that yeah. memory of just like, oh, you're, dude, you're my breath is smoke. The Newports new I smoke, the Newports. <laughs> parliaments man come on gotta be p p funks yeah so it brought me back that brought me back and i I like that so yeah just two positives and they're sort of minor but all to say that um going back to our i think our main topic korean cinema has a unique voice and you can see it and i really do think it it's it has this romantic undertone with everything with the Mm -hmm. fighting even the way that, because this was a convers- part of the conversation I had with my mother-in-law, but she she's noticed how um, when you have a, a romance, it's just like the way that the actors actually hold each other or kiss each other. Um, Korean cinema, or at least in modern day, they do it very differently than like Japanese and Chinese do. Um, and I, I, that could be more obvious when you look at American cinema or European cinema. Um, but there's something to be said for that. And I, I think it's entirely accurate. And I can it, agree with e- that. Yeah. Even even I think my point is really that it's it's almost like it's more tasteful. Yeah. More I was gonna say, do you think it's the more conservative nature coming out? Yeah, and I, I like not just, being gratuitous. Yeah, yeah, and it's it it works. And then going back to the very first thing we talked about, it makes that scene the unexpected scene with with the actress. Mm-hmm. more jarring in in nature being that it wasn't supposed to be there that's yeah. a good point yeah yeah there's there's like sort of an inhibited quality to uh to korean cinema but there's a the, the conservative it's conservative but there's a very like romantic sexy undertone to it that's actually very i don't know it's, it's kind of inviting it's like it's kind of like i can appreciate that you know 
that one scene I mean, yeah where she meets up with the 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 brother the younger brother the vigilante and they're in the apartment i think it's the younger brother it could be the cop brother it's the so, it, forget you mean me. when he when he when he leads her to the apartment takes her back yes, to the apartment and, it's the, the older brother yeah they embrace and then that saxophone just goes nuts yes <laughs> all right we, uh, we 90s should, very good Love we've the sax. Sh- we've, shout- yes. we've, we've shouted out the saxophone, but we got to give the accordion its due too. <laughs> <laughs> the accordion, like I was like, yeah, what is yeah. happening? <laughs> but no, that was yeah. The, the the score like was a great like accent to the movie. It was just like I like the score. Of, yeah, it made like, the at- it made the atmosphere of the, of the actual shots like the moodiness, as Kev- I think Kevin said earlier. Like it's mm-hmm. it's perfect. Yeah. And I like just like the synth, like the hard hitting synth you get right at the beginning where they're running through the training in the woods. You've got like the that like pounding sound to it that I really like. Yes, yes. Um, before yeah, so that's that's really all I had to say. Yeah. Before we rate or anything, um, or or, or finish up, Od, I have a couple, I guess, requests. Like what? It, other than this one other than this movie, what are like two, two or three other nineties Korean movies that are just action movies that are just like, they're shoe ins. Like you got to see them. Okay. Nineties from um, sweet, sweet, sweetie from 1999. Okay. Um, Are you going, are we talking like pure action or like, this is kind of like action uh, drama, like whatever, like just um, nineties. Also. So there was one movie I'm going to bring up from, because um, it relates to this one, is um, The General Son from 1990. Okay. Um, because that was also a big hit. And so the director, Kim Young-bin, of The Terrorist, start, got his start as an assistant director on um, The General Son. So that's, like, the success of that was how he was able to get started with his own uh, movies in the 90s. Uh, and uh, if you want, if you want the general son, I've got a copy of it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Very cool. I'm looking that up right now. <laughs> that's 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 an interesting one too. That's by um Take, who is a very prolific, um, had a long career in Korean cinema. Okay, so those are cool recommendations. Is there a third one you want to shout out? Third one, '90s Korea. I I have I have an um, unpublished letterbox list of just uncool korea which is like but basically there's a window from 19 like 1988 to 1997 when like they had just become a democracy but before the korean wave started like basically when the um the big corp like conglomerates were all starting their thing and sort of in that window there's like just um oh like there's there's too many to recommend i think i'll think i'll just like Make a letterbox list. Could you give a recommendation? Just one from the 70s and 80s that we had already deemed as the weakest decades? Oh, from the 80s. There's one called Crazy Boy. That's more like a comedy, but um, that one's that one's very cheesy. But um, it's like a comedy where it's like about a band, like an all female rock band. They have like this one guy that hangs on with them. Um, who is like is like a does like a Bruce Lee impersonation, and like <laughs> he does second. get in fights. It's like a Odie. Yeah. Is it called is it also called imbecile? 
Yes, so you said probably. crazy, but it's also known as okay. Crazy. Okay. It's um in Korean it's Torai. Interesting. Okay. So just going back to what, what you were saying about when Korea became a democracy, when South Korea specifically became yeah. a democracy. So there was a was it a short period before they actually found like their own their, their identity with the new wave uh set of filmmakers? Um was it was it just kind of a, a weak period? for Korean uh, cinema or it was, was a it week actually, period it was because okay. at the same okay. time from the late days was when they started allowing in Hollywood imports actually okay. okay so what was happening was um the Korean market share uh was only like like 10 to like 13 percent uh in the 90s of just like of the box office so it's a much higher now um and so there was a lot of fears of like Hollywood movies taking over and at the same time, the the conglomerates wanted to get in on the movie business. Uh, so it was, it was just like the right. You sort of had that like pressure from outside that, that they they felt like they had to compete, and I think I that's what, okay. yeah, yeah. That's how we got like a lot of people were able to get work was just because there was money flowing into it to sort of just like fight off Hollywood. <laughs> I see. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'd love to look at uh, more early. Um really really good korean cinema yeah. and see just kind of that roadmap on the way to uh bong joon ho's stuff and even the director of uh burning <laughs> i yeah. mean honestly oh, like, his movie yeah. greenfish from 1997 that that's worth checking out that's an ad, that's like um greenfish greenfish that one is that fits within the window yeah that's one if you wanted chris was asking for one more movie that's that that would be one okay. i see oh okay here it is it's very similar to this one, actually, in terms of just, I guess, like tonally and being a gangster story. Might be up my alley. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. All right. That's on the watch list, too. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Greenfish. Because having not been that experienced in Korean cinema, watching Burning, it just kind of threw me off. I'm like, okay, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> I mean, Lee Chang Dong's my favorite Korean director. I think. Is he I, really? I, I think, yeah. I, he's only made like five movies. I think they're all perfect. Honestly, we gotta get into like a conversation because I maybe maybe at some point, uh, Ben, me, my Chris will look at we'll we'll either watch or revisit Burning, and then I don't know because we've I've got a lot of questions I know about that movie or about that story, so maybe you'd uh be I think you'd be a really big help in clarifying. Um, oh yeah, I'll, yeah. The elements of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, cool. I'm, I'm all right. I'm down with more Korean cinema. I mean, this is perfect. Um, pick Odie. I don't remember the other three that you uh, suggested for the the pod, but this was a good one for sure. Yeah, good pick. Yeah, yeah. All right, ratings. If uh, we're good with that. All right, sounds like we are. Definitely. Oh, yeah, silence. Are. <laughs> uh, Odie, you go. You go first. What would you rate this? Yeah. So I had this at. Uh, Three out of five on the letterbox. On this rewatch, it's up, up three and three and a half on this rewatch. It, so uh, seven out of ten. Seven. Seven yep. out of ten. Yep. It's up. I like right. it more on this rewatch. Perfect. All right, Chris. I'm gonna go six out of ten. All right, Mr. Chan. I was originally at a uh, six out of ten, but that's up to seven as well. So I'm in Odie's spot. Cool. Yeah. 
something yeah, about like the yeah the moodiness and the theme of the whole thing. Yeah, I'm like yeah, okay. I, I think on rewatch it would also go up, but I'm going with a uh, a six. So. I had a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely good. I just think yeah. the direction is like the blocking and and you know just the, the you know zooming in hurt it a lot. But if if everything was perfectly directed, it'd definitely be like a seven for me mm-hmm. right now. But maybe on rewatch. Maybe on rewatch. Yeah. So, yep, 6.5 average. That's a recommend, I think, for everybody. Uh, Just for a quick sidebar, there's one thing I want to bring up before we finish. Because this was based on a comic. I actually have... Really? The comic, yes. So I didn't know that. Yeah, I I have the comic. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, the comic is completely bug nuts insane. So... (laughs) In the um, so this is a like a very compressed story about one guy getting revenge on gangsters. The comic, it turns out that basically there's like an international conspiracy. So just like the scope is ex- extremely like broad for the comic. Hmm. And then at the end, the two so the mm-hmm. ending of the comic is the two brothers take out like this big like secret society. And they hijack a plane and get shot down by like a surface-to-air missile, and there's like there's no way you could have made like a movie on that scale. Sounds cool. So they did a very good job of like condensing a very like broad story down to like something manageable. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very like good pragmatic adaptation of just like a completely insane source material. Slightly more down to earth. <laughs> yeah. I I like I love the comics interesting, but I think I just like the movie more i think it's just like a i like like just the more succinct and compact story rather than like the sprawling epic that the comic is and that's a korean maybe someday, comic maybe some korean we'll comic get that uh, that adaptation so and what year was um, that released or the comic what? i think it was like 93 94 oh, okay so it, and what oh, are they i mean obviously they're not manga but like what are they called for their comics manhua 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 okay, so similar oh <laughs> it's the same like root from Chinese. It's... Hey, when you watch, when you listen to the searchers, you learn things. Because <laughs> I just learned that I, I I didn't know, um, but that's cool. I do want to give a little shout out to the uh, the end kill shot on the uh, the main bad guy. Even though the, technically you would shoot the guy in the heart first, then the head, not the head, then the heart. But whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh, so we're gonna really kill him. <laughs> I thought that was uh, some nice gratuitous violence at the end, even though I don't know. I just I had to bring that up. Uh, yeah, this movie this movie isn't overly violent. Do you guys think? No. It's like just no. an, just an, enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Maybe violent a, for that time period, but definitely not violent uh, now. Yeah, it's not like Quentin Tarantino no, R- no. Reservoir Dogs <laughs> or something, which was no. earlier. But yeah. It, it, Solid pick. I uh, definitely will keep this version of it to rewatch at a later date. Maybe I'll get into more of a Che Minsu. Che Minsu. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think more of, of his what other. Filmography. Yeah. Whatever. What other movies? Because he did a lot of Fireman movie. Fireman? Like 2002, 2003. Liberia Me, I think. Okay. That was a big hit. That one's supposed to be good. I haven't seen it. All right. It's just like another notch in the. like weird not weird but weird choices for americans to watch cinema <laughs> like <laughs> we're the only people doing this 
Hopefully I mean, I'm like the reason I like wrote a pretty big uh, the first time I watched on Letterboxd, I did a pretty big deep dive into it. Because there was no one that had like an English language write up of it online, really. Mm, I and it's, it's, like I was I looked it up, like started reading about like it on like Korean like Wikipedia and stuff. And it's like, why does no one care about this movie? I and then you realize it, the director pulled a Harvey Weinstein, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, no i agree like there's not there's still not many reviews or like even people who've checked it in on letterbox since your review which is yeah but it was nice when like i wrote a did a write-up and then like a bunch of people letterbox i had their watch list i was like okay you know i got my I job got, here is done you did your part my job here is done <laughs> yeah uh of all people mr nick langdon i think put it on his watch list oh i told uh, him he's watching I, t- I already sent him the link I'm, i told him like, you're watching this for the <laughs> like we, we need a nick langdon review um but yeah you explaining that little letterbox scenario it kind of makes me feel like what i do it at uh the movie database.org or oh, I'm, TV, I'm, television movie database.org yeah. like, I, I just like input so many hong kong like deep cut actors like and try <laughs> to like link all make sure all their stuff's linked properly because i'm like this is like no one no, no one else is doing this, but I'm doing it. <laughs> but yeah, um, Odie, thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it. Glad to be on. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe yeah, maybe uh, I'll talk to the guys upstairs and see if like Sony says it's okay if you come back. But <laughs> uh, the the business the business side's got to make that decision. But uh, yeah, I think I think there's a good chance uh, you, you can be invited back on. I didn't uh, like get your ad sponsors angry. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. That, that, you, if anybody would do that, it would be me. So we're, we're good. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on uh, again. This is another plug for all you other people listening. Like mailbags do help to get on the on the show. Maybe maybe you'll get on. Maybe you'll be cool enough. It's email what we us. Want. Yeah, yeah. Engage, email us, peeps. Engage on Letterbox. Email, uh, rate, and subscribe. All that good stuff on Spotify. Um, you can go to you can find our Letterboxes, but Spotify, Apple, Podbean. Uh, for some reason, uh, yeah, for some reason, Kevin now and Chris and Nick all like to plug the Google, uh, podcast, I just, which it's fine. I mean, I, if I we're don't, on Google, we're on Google. Yeah. They, they, they take our RSS feed and just post our shit. So I'm like, okay, like yeah. free advert, like I guess quote unquote advertising, but it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, works. but yeah, all the good places find us there. Um, I will, I'll link Odie's profile if you're okay with that in the description oh yeah please and get you out there um but yeah go follow him he uh has some deep cut asian cinema and other things so all good watching every christian slater movie oh there you go (laughs) there's some there's some people we know that would uh subscribe to that so yeah but yeah yeah. anything else guys no that's it glad to have odie on yeah yeah thanks for coming on man yeah and our next episode will be the 50th Searchers, so will you join us for our golden, (laughs) yeah, golden episode? Yeah, yeah, so but yeah, thanks for coming on, and we are going to be out of here. Yeah, how do you say bye in Korean, Odie? Do you know? There you go, okay, of course, we all knew that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, see ya. Thanks for listening to The Searchers Podcast. 
If you want to hear more of our thoughts on movies, you can find us on Letterboxd. Ben at Giant13, Chris at Ziglet underscore Mer, and me at Kevin Chan. Find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and on searchersfilmpodcast.podbean.com. Until next time, people. Thank you.